Kiki Mama Ma. My name is James Kata, and we are the Cult Film Showdown, and this is the Masters of Horror, uh, season two, episode nine, entitled "Right to Die." Uh, and uh, we've been we, we've been watching this entire series, uh, Masters of Horror, that's played on Showtime from 2005 to 2007, and it has been quite a romp. Um, and uh, we are just a couple of episodes from the end now, and uh, that sometimes is the save the best for last, and sometimes that's uh, let's burn this off because people stop watching it. Uh, so we shall see where we're at with these. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Boxer. Present. <laughs> and staying later for detention, Jack Hall. Hold on, I'm just measuring something. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> if you nope. say mill, if you use millimeters, it seems bigger. Same as last year. Those damn pills lied to me. <laughs> I'll send you some emails. It's bad news for you. Yeah. It's bad news for you is worse news for the snake that they came from. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're a little oily. Nicholas Boxer, can you uh, tell us what happens in the episode Right to Die? Oh, I suppose I, I could. Um, this particular episode stars a doctor and his wife. They're having some marital trouble. And you know what? They go uh, on a holiday, you know, to discuss him being a cheating bastard and like that. Unfortunately, they get into a car accident and she's horribly burnt. Horribly, horribly burnt. Um, and confined to a hospital bed, uh, no hope of recovery, really. Um, basic scenario, she's a vegetable, uh, grossly burnt. Um, and every time she dies in this hospital bed, she comes back to haunt her husband and his friends, apparently, <laughs> um, in this grotesque form as well. Um, yeah, and she gets revenge, sorta, and he tries to fight to save her or kill her. He can't quite decide. <laughs> and uh, there's a good girl with boobies. <laughs> Isn't there just? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> By the way, everyone in this is a dick. It's it is not overwhelmed by likable people. That's for sure. We will be discussing that. <laughs> that is one of my my uh, points of emphasis. I wanted to get to on this on this episode. So we, that will be discussed. But first off, I guess you'd like to know who the uh, who the masters of. I would absolutely are. love to know who the masters of horror are this time out. Well, Rob Schmidt. Is is the uh, director of the episode. It's not fair to call him a master of horror by any means, or not master right. Master Vader, maybe. Um, yeah, perhaps. Uh, because he had only done one film really before this. Now, it was a horror film, and it was a horror film that had some popularity uh, and spawned a franchise, which is... He's, you know, gone on to probably live off the rights of that franchise uh, because he's done very little sense uh, of note. Um, that movie, of course, is Wrong Turn, 
uh, directed the original Wrong Turn with Eliza Dushku. Uh, I, per, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Could be. Uh, that is that is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Okay. Um, so it's one of those things where I, I think, and we see this occasionally. This series is trying to not just go to the old masters. It's trying to find the new masters as well. And in doing so, sometimes they they hit and they found somebody interesting and who has gone on to become a significant horror director. And sometimes they get a guy like this who, uh, like I say, probably lives off the residuals of uh, Wrong Turn. Uh, his next most popular movie is probably The Alphabet Killer, which was not really a horror film, more of a thriller. Um, so the writer of this episode, at the time, uh, John Esposito, had written this this telefilm to the Graveyard Shift uh, film, the adaptation of one of Stephen King's uh, short stories, a 1970 short story, I believe it was, uh, one of his oldest. And and so he had done a Graveyard Shift. He hadn't done a whole bunch else since then. Since this has come out, he has gone on to do some uh, Tales from the Crypt and Walking Dead episodes, right, written now. Um, and so he's had some success still in the genre. So again, I don't know if you call him a master, but uh, you know, I mean, he's made a living. Interesting. So I mean, not the uh, not the pedigree that we're used to seeing. Well, especially um, coming out off of uh, Valerie on the stairs, which was chock full of masters. Um, yeah, this one's a little light. It is a little light. It is a little light. Did you bring uh, up? You know, uh, when you've written ten episodes of Walking Dead and like five ap- episodes of Tales from the Crypt since then, I mean, you've like I said, you've made a living in it, but uh, it's not nothing that makes you go, "Oh yeah, that guy's a real master." <laughs> I'm trying to think if uh, Corbin Burnson is a, is a, <laughs> has done enough. I mean, out of his like couple of hundred credits, he must have done something that was <laughs> that was horror-ish. Uh, uh, Robin, well, I think horror films from LA law actors. He's not even the guy I go to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> the, the only one you think of is Doctor Giggles. And uh, oh yes, that's right. I uh, want to see that classification very, yeah. on Netflix. that's when you know they've the algorithms really dialed you in. Are you interested in cast members from LA law? In in horror films. <laughs> in horror films, it's that we've got we've got five. <laughs> uh, I've I watched every one of them. Man, <laughs> Doctor Giggles, we need to get that in the octagon. <laughs> I've never seen it. Actually, never seen it. Oh, that'd be perfect. Uh, we do have a we do have a master in the cast list though, uh, Robin Sidney, uh, who is uh, Trish, the uh, um, the home wrecker. Especially, yeah, the dental assistant who's the hallmarker. That's right. Yeah. Uh, she has a very impressive full moon video um, resume. Yeah, Evil Bong all over the place. Yeah, I think I think that's all the Evil Bong movies. Uh, she is uh, Kendra in the new Barbie and Kendra series uh, that's been running for a few years now. Uh, she's done three or four of those, I think. Um, yeah, and... Uh, by yeah. the way, I think there's up. To, I think she's only in the. I don't know if she's been in every Evil Bong because they've 
done like 20 of them now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, I don't know how many uh, they've done, but I'm just saying that's serious. Yeah. That's like the most successful thing that Charles Band has done in years. It's evil. Yeah, and if she was nude, she could appear in all of them in archival footage. True. She, he does like to reuse the boobies. That's true. Yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a classic uh, horror trope is to uh, burn off the first five minutes of your movie, summarizing the previous movies. And uh, and based on this episode, she has no problem doing nudity. That's true. She uh, she is in Corona Zombie, uh, Zombies, which is one of the films that's waiting in the octagon for when uh, we return to our you're search kidding. for the ultimate B you're movie. Kidding. <laughs> which I put in because it's Charles Band, because who doesn't love Charles Band? And because it was short, I figured everybody would be up for it. Then mm. it turns out that, they, that it ruined all <laughs> <laughs> the momentum. That is the, but, uh, the zombie that broke the octagon's back right there. Oh, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she plays this Kendra in that, and then she goes on to play that Barbie and Kendra you mentioned. Yeah, um, uh, I think so, I, so I see zombies. She's yeah. is those Barbie and Kendra's a semi spinoff, I'm guessing. Yeah, like I don't know if it's just a character that she's played, whether it's the same character or it's just like an in joke now. But yeah, she's got four movies in a row that are that she's that she's named Kendra. Dude, I'm um, looking at on on her Wikipedia. This is fascinating. She plays <laughs> Sarah Lee and Luann in Evil Bong. So then she plays them both when they take, they face each other. The uh, Evil Bong versus <laughs> versus the Gingerbread Man. And then she's she's also Sarah Lee in uh, and Sarah Lee and and Luann in Killjoy Cycle Circus. She's in. Uh, uh, She's like seven, like the latest Evil Bong, Evil Bong 888, Infinity High from 2022. She's five characters, I think. <laughs> four, four, four or five characters. Like, Amazing. Yeah, I'm just hoping that she's not like Charles Band's daughter or something. <laughs> she's not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> What a great, great man. Gingerbread Man came out in 2005, so it would have been out just a little bit before this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a note on one of the trivia things. That was her, uh, that was her, the beginning of her career. Was, uh, there you go. Ginger Dead Man, which is also a fantastic film. If, you oh, have, if you've never man. seen a Gingerbread Man with the voice of Gary Busey, then you are missing out. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is again another one that's got to get in there. And we need a Charles. We need the Charles Band season. <laughs> well, we could start into his films, and then uh, you know, in our golden years, we can get back to doing other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're pretty close to our golden years already. <laughs> we could do an entire episode on the Witchboard alone. I think we're Silver Age. So this this is a this is a strange little movie. Uh, it is uh, uh, I mean, right to die is a phrase you don't hear anymore uh, because no. it was uh, I mean it was intentionally a charged um, charged phrase that 
uh, now that a lot of places, uh, now that some places have added uh, right to drive legislation, it is called much more euphemistic things. Um, so uh, I believe Canada calls it the uh, uh, doctor assisted end of life. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think one the thing that I like that I really liked about this episode was that uh, you're introduced to these characters that are like clearly have some problems. Like you don't get a whole lot of time with their relationship and then slowly that's unpacked as you go of uh, of who they were as people um, before the accident. And uh, and um, they're like the nature of the relationship, the nature of their marriage, the uh, like where they were at in their in their love story. Um, comes along slowly rather than um, in like in bursts. Uh, and uh, now, Jack, you had mentioned something about the uh, the likability of the characters in this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think and it's not just this episode. I think probably half the episodes is it's one of the things that hurts me overall in the series it is a lack of a likable character. When you look at the history of horror films and you talk about the best ones, usually a protagonist that you can cheer for is one of the um, one of the commonalities, let's say, mm. that is there. Yeah. Usually you're going to have somebody that you're going to cheer for or that you want to get out. To make a horror film successful or a horror episode successfully with nobody that's likable is really mm -hmm. difficult to do. And yet it, it has come up in this episode and many others where you're like, wow, everybody's a dick. Like There's <laughs> not a single person in this that's likable. So I don't know really what I'm cheering for or who, what I'm cheering against or what I'm like. I'm watching it. I'm not horrified because I'm not scared for anybody's health. You know, um, it, it, I suppose you can maybe you can achieve creepy if you go in this method. I don't think you can achieve horrifying. Well, I mean, there is a genre of horror movie, the hostels come to mind, that you can have a movie devoid of likable characters. Um, but I think in order for that to work, you need more kills. And mm. the three kills in this, I don't think do it. Um, if it's chock-a-block full and we got more creepy, gross stuff going on, I think it would have worked better. But even in this hour, I was just sort of zoning out and uh, waiting for something to happen. Yeah, you're basically waiting for a gross moment or a nudity moment. Well, because I want these people to die, but... I, I mean, it, it's strange that, the, like, the... the the uh, the what I jokingly called the home wrecker is one of the like most likable characters in the story. And she's not likable at all, but she is more so than <laughs> even the wife. Them. You're like you think yeah. the wife should be. There's something about her that just comes off bitchy. Yeah. Well, the, I mean the pity fuck uh, comment sort of puts her on the bitchy side. So <laughs> yeah, the uh... but if she's the most likable character you have in this. You sort of have a problem. I think if the dentist was even mildly like redeemable, 
your so-called main character, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, even, even the wife who's in a coma, <laughs> it should be easier to like a woman that's in a coma. Or her mom who uh, just wants to, uh, like, can't let go. Um, and, then, and then slowly, and, and then in short order, you find out that she's horrible too. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's terrible in this. I really think, I mean, it's it's very, I mean, the most successful horror films generally have a have somebody you like, somebody, you know? I mean, it's a, it's amazing to me, not just this episode, but how many times this has come up consistently during this show. And I'm like, maybe it's because, you know, they're only doing a, a short film at 50 minutes and they don't have time to include the race. <laughs> <laughs> the other 50 minutes was the 50 minutes that would have included a likable character. And that's consistently you can, happening. You can have plot or you can have character development. We, can't, we don't have time to give you both. No, no. <laughs> And I mean, you also have this thing of the social statement that I assume was so, supposed to be part of this. I I come out not knowing what stand, side they stand on or the filmmakers stand on. It's almost it's almost irrelevant. Like, I mean, it's, it it, with the title in that it sets you up that that's going to happen. But it, it like it never actually important. But it's not like pro-life with uh, with John Carpenter's. Mm-hmm. episode that we just recently had it, it really kind of avoids the moral implications <laughs> and studying of it it's really just kind of like i mean because even the the lead character he's like he's like my i want her dead and then he's like oh, i want her alive you know <laughs> but and, only and one both she for is. selfish reasons both for selfish reasons you know never because he's caring about the actual character you, you <laughs> find out I suppose for a good portion of the of this thing, he's supposed to be likable, and you find out he's unlikable near the end. But uh, I always found him unlikable. Just something about his face, and that's one of the other things that gets me. I mean, his way too hot for him wife. Oh my god, the nudist. <laughs> we talk. Can we talk? Really, I like women with skin. Um, <laughs> I did not find the the zombie corpse attractive in the least. A little uh, meat on her bones as you as you was. Uh... <laughs> how about the uh, well? How about the scene though in the hot tub? Uh... <laughs> wow! I did laugh at like my dick was burnt. Uh, a line in there. <laughs> that was funny. I made love to her in the hot tub, and my dick was burnt. And and what was it? Corbin Burnson's character said something like, "Are you sure you don't just have a rash?" <laughs> Oh, but uh, anyways, the uh, what was it going to say? I was talking about something before the nudity, and then you distracted <laughs> me with nudity. It that is. often happens. Yeah, I mean, that, that part's uh, so you, more You're at way too hot wife. Yeah, his way too hot wife <laughs> for him. And his and instead he had, of course, you know, who's with him and is upset because he cheats on her with his way too hot assistant for him. <laughs> And and then later on, he's driving, and there was somebody making there was all this thing about the right to die and whether or not he should be killing her. It's this big media frenzy, and so on talk radio, what he's driving, they're talking about it. And some caller goes comes up and is like, "Well, I wouldn't care if that tall drink of water wants to kill me as long as I get to be with them first. 
And I'm like, <laughs> he, he's the most like, like he is uh, is so nondescript um, as well, a that's person. It. That's my point. <laughs> he, he's not. They're I wouldn't even like. He's not even bad looking. Pitt. He's just like he's, they're treating him like he's Brad Pitt, and he <laughs> looks like anything but. He looks like you know what he looks like. He doesn't look like Brad Pitt. He looks like if you have a video game and you're allowed to make a character, he looks like the character <laughs> before you're allowed to make him. He's he's your ultimate. He's just your default avatar. Um, he looks like Brad Pitt's accountant. Women do like doctors. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I guess I guess that DDS stands for something. Um, he is uh, he is so average. He actually did he did a season of Weeds where the whole point of his character is that he was completely average. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the nice guy that the main character met that was just a nice guy the entire time. That's funny. <laughs> wow. Kind of a, a foil to the terrible life she had built for herself, and he was just this dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, so the episode itself, uh, <laughs> I don't personally recommend it, despite the nudity. And and let me tell you, this is the <laughs> second best nudity behind Heckle's Tale that we've seen in a, a while. And we've seen some good nudity, but this was this was special nudity. This was, this was <laughs> tremendous. And yet I still don't recommend it to you. That lets you know just how unlikable every character is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just just on volume, this is uh, this is a lot of nudity. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I th I think that uh, that you that uh, we'll kind of put our finger on it that it's it's that he's never likable, and this story kind of wor only works complete completely if you are worried about this guy. I think the, I think it's the wife that needs to be likable, so you're cheering for her to. to her spirit and her and her spirit mm. to talk and to to yeah, um, it, get her revenge, especially yeah, once you learn later on how horrible he is and why she's burnt. You know, you should, yeah. but because she's not, you know, she has no warmth to her, the character. Yeah, like he's. At, because like this kind of story is like, I mean, these kinds of stories can work as like, you know. The old fairy tale, uh, the old like fables, and the like, you know, the bad guy who gets his comeuppance. But it never feels like that either, because there's no, there's no, doesn't feel like there's a wronged person for like a goodly chunk of this. Well, the very ending, the last scene is kind of, uh, I suppose he's. All right, I'm just gonna ruin it. <laughs> go, go nuts. I mean, when he returns home, his wife is dead at this point. He has killed the assistant, uh, in, you know. Um, I won't get into why, because it'll leave you some reason to watch it. But he gets home, and the wife's spirit is waiting for him. So basically, you're thinking he's going to be haunted and tortured for the rest of his life. He's getting his comeuppance. But it doesn't really feel like he is. Because, you know, it doesn't really feel like he's getting his his what he deserves and and it leaves it really un, unsatisfying actually you mentioned killing the assistant and we breezed over this but what was the plan with the cooler anyway <laughs> oh I'm, I'm glad you brought that up oh uh, what you think that's not logical 
the, that is the part of the whole story where it's like it. it uh, I mean, it, it's intentionally getting just crazy. Like the guy's just lost his mind, um, and he's like desperately trying to find any way out. And this like insane plan comes to him. But but yeah, it is one of those like, what was the best way this plan was going to work? what was was your what was your your ideal everything goes right ending for pulled off basically he's pulled off all the skin off his assistant and killed her so that this skin be grafted back on his wife because then she'll be fine then the fact that she has is uh basically comatose and uh has no feelings and whatever and yeah this should be fine you put the skin back on her she'll come back to life you know, and so he shows up with this thing, and you're like, and basic, and he's like, he's got it. He's like, I got something for the doctor. He's like holding it up. Blood is dripping out the side. Well, and I, they're I, like, I, I love they tell him like she she needs it within like twelve hours or sixteen hours or whatever they tell him, and then he treats that like a countdown, like twenty four. <laughs> like, oh man! Like to the minute, like. Oh, I have just enough time. <laughs> Does make you want to like get a cooler and fill it with organs of some sort and just <laughs> hang out at the hospital and see if anyone takes you up on these. <laughs> be like, hey, what's wrong with that guy? Oh, kidney failure? Lucky for him. <laughs> I got discount kidneys right here. Got you covered. <laughs> Oh crap! It's a. It, I think I left that in my Scooby Doo lunchbox. I'll be right yeah. back. I'll have to find a kidney that's healthy, which leaves yours out there, Nick. So we're not <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Well, not to mention that cooler wasn't big enough for all her skin. I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't, how much room does skin really take up? I mean, really. It, 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 is it depends the, it, how you fold it, I guess. It is the biggest organ on the body. Uh, well, not by the time he's done. <laughs> no, no. Then, it, then it fits in like the same space as a six pack. Um, you know what I'd like to really know is like, how do you possibly pull off the skin properly like that on the fingers and toes? Like, I think you got to. There's some rabbit you got, skinning videos you could watch online that. <laughs> Doing it. I, I think you go to the library and you click on the old uh, incognito mode. Um, Health and... was too much for me. But he was a dentist, so it makes sense he know how to do that. Eh? It, it does. I definitely, definitely. They, they, I mean, you would have done it. Her there, and he's like pulled all her, pulling all her, all her skin off, and he's like. I'm sorry, you still have to be alive, but they say it has to be fresh skin. <laughs> like, but I, mean, <laughs> I did appreciate all the like cut maybe lines missed, drew on her. Maybe before, I missed uh, that this episode started. was. Maybe I missed that this episode was supposed to be a a dark comedy, supposed to be a black <laughs> comedy. And if I look back and look at it again and watch it from, <laughs> as a black comedy from that perspective. Maybe I, I would actually really enjoy this episode. I'm starting to come yeah. around on it. If they put in a laugh track, like it gives it gives the audience permission to laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, if if Corbin Bernson had switched roles with our main guy, 
it would have been like you wouldn't even have to change the script really <laughs> true it's true actually that's interesting would it have been more effective if those had switched roles yeah because uh, corbin corbin bernson he's just more he's more overtly a dick though like i think that that's but i mean at least it would have picked a direction yeah um well he's one of those guys who's a who's almost always a dick and unlikable yeah and well, just hate him by time. looking at him yeah yeah and yet he's still likable at the same time because he's just kind of charming like yeah yeah that would be interesting well i'm, I'm sorry we're two for two in the new, watch it again now we're two for two in the final six episodes in the nudity and i'm looking now we all scream for ice cream is next tom holland so that's got to be a yes so uh, i think you're getting up to your four that you had predicted there james uh indeed and uh, uh i mean this early you, d you don't want to you don't want to jinx yourself. Uh, I hear whispers of perfect game, um, but uh, <laughs> you should never. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. we just want to. We we just want Master Square to go out there and give it their best. <laughs> all right. Next next up is we all scream for ice cream, uh, season two, episode ten, uh, and. Uh, we will we'll see where we're at with our our count of our nudity count of two out of six um, as we go into these final four. Um, so we are the cult film showdown. Uh, we are on Instagram. We're on YouTube where you can you should like subscribe and comment. Tell us uh, what you think of each of these episodes. Uh, tell us if you're watching them before or after us um, and uh, if that helps uh, and uh, we're on Patreon. You can support what we're doing here. And uh, also when you're on our YouTube, give us some suggestions of where we go from here. Cause we've looked at, we've considered a few different uh, series to do after we finish Masters of Horror. And uh, we, uh, we need to pick a direction. We are sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com, the home of the Octagon, our search for the ultimate B movie. And We Talk Podcasts has a website, they have a Twitter, and they have a Facebook. Um, and uh, I think that's all of the places to find us. If you find others, uh, be sure that it is brand name called Film Showdown uh, and not a knockoff. Yeah, do not go to Cult Movie Showdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, or anything else, because I'm sure they all exist. Cult Flick Showdown. Yeah, just, be careful. Yeah, it's all out there. Be careful. Yep. You know um, what else? Uh, if somebody wants to do, if somebody out there wants to make together, put together a super cut of just the nudity from all the episodes of Master of <laughs> the Horror, it would probably take, it'll probably be about an hour long. And <laughs> that would make, that would be the best episode yet. <laughs> Uh, also on our YouTube, we're putting up uh, so just odds and ends as I find them and as I think they're interesting to the people who uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, so the latest is an Indonesian ripoff of Friday the 13th called Shrigala. 
That's uh, tremendous. And it is the uh, I had to look long and hard to find the uh, a watchable cut of it, a uh, version of it, and subtitles that would work with it. Uh, so as far as I know, it is the only. As far as I've, I've found so far, it is the only English subtitle version of that film Perfect. that is on YouTube. And for Jack and Nick and myself, James, uh, we'll talk to you next time.